If you didn't happen to get a catechism this morning and you want one, Pastor John will have some in the back as well. And parents, if your child brings you a catechism, it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, help guide them through understanding God. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool. Thank you, Pastor John. Our scripture today is from Genesis chapter 22. As we continue in our uh, storybook sermon series, uh, we come to what might be the second of bookends in the call of Abraham. So Abraham's story is framed by these two calls. Last week, we saw Abraham called out of Haran into the land of Canaan with Sarah and Lot. And all of these great adventures happen. Uh, you know, adventures are rarely, for the characters in the story, something they would prefer to have, but they really do have an amazing adventure as Abraham comes into the land of Canaan. As Abraham comes in, he and Lot separate because their flocks are so great, and Lot is kidnapped uh, by the uh, army of these five kings. Abraham goes in with a, a small group of mighty men and frees Lot and, uh, and defeats this army of the five kings. Uh, we see that God's really watching over Abraham. Abraham twice loses Sarah to a king as he says, this isn't my wife, this is my sister, because he's afraid. So we see he has kind of these missteps as well as he's afraid and he's telling these lies. But both times we see God watching over Abraham and Sarah on this wild adventure. And Sarah is restored to Abraham. God's watching over them. God enters into a covenant with Abraham. He promises that Abraham will have a son and that this son will be a blessing to many nations. This is a wonderful and great promise, but here we have the second call today of Abraham. As God calls Abraham to sacrifice this son as a burnt offering, it appears to be a dark tale much too dark for children's songs of Father Abraham, who had many sons. But the promise remains. And before we read of this story today, let us go to God in prayer. Gracious God, you have revealed yourself to us. You have revealed who you are. You have revealed that you are the greatest treasure. And as we go to your word today, we pray that you would be with us in your spirit, that you would give us a portion of your power that we might understand your word, and that our hearts would be changed so that more and more each day we live out our lives as lives of faith and proof that you are our greatest treasure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear the word of God from Genesis chapter 22, starting with verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham. 
And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. And he cut wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This ends the reading of God's holy, inspired, and applicable word. May it change our hearts for his glory. Amen. Our story today starts off darkly. We know that Abraham is being tested, and soon after we hear of this test. Abraham, you are to offer up your only son as a sacrifice, as a burnt offering. But this would-be tale of tragedy ends in triumphant victory. It ends in the victory of faith as Abraham lives out his life, trusting in God. We're told right off the bat that this is a test. 
Verse 1 says, after these things, God tested Abraham. These things are all of these adventures that Abraham and Sarah and Lot, that all that they've been through as they've come into the land of Canaan. All of these things that God has been doing in Abraham's life and watching over him all the time, proving to be a faithful God, proving that he can do as he says and that he will do as he says he'll do. This is a test of Abraham's faith. The test is simple. Abraham, which do you treasure more? Your beloved son, Isaac, a great blessing from God, or God himself? This is the test. Do you treasure the blessing of God or God himself more? Brothers and sisters, we see Abraham live out a life of faith in answer to this test. We, too, will be tested throughout our lives. Our faith will be tested day after day. It will look different than Abraham's test today, but we, too, are called to live out a life of faith. The life that we live shows what we treasure the most. Whose call do we answer? Abraham answers the call of God, and he lives out a life of obedience to God. He lives out his life treasuring the blessings of God, and he lives out his life hoping in the promises of God and all the while showing that God is his greatest treasure. As we are tested in our lives, as we are called to live out our lives in faith. We're called to treasure God over the blessings of God. And we're called to answer his call above all else. When we treasure God's blessing over him, this is idolatry. When we hold things in higher regard than God, we turn from God to his creation. Instead, we are to live out our life in faith, in faithful obedience to God, treasuring the blessings of God and hoping in the promises of God. That's how we'll look at our text today, living in the obedience of God, treasuring the blessings of God, and hoping in the promises of God. But first we see What does faithful obedience look like? The first thing we see today is that faithful obedience is obedience without hesitation. God calls and Abraham answers. This is how Abraham has been ever since he came out of the land of Haran. God calls him and he goes without hesitation. Today in verse 1, Abraham. Abraham answers, here I am. Abraham is a man who answers when he's called. We see it again in verse 7, when his son Isaac calls, my father, Abraham says, here I am, my son. He's a faithful father. We see it again as Abraham has his hand high in the air to sacrifice his son, and the angel of the Lord says, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Abraham answers when he is called. 
So we see as he lives out a life of faith in obedience to God, he answers without hesitation. We also see that it's the preparation of Abraham that allows him to act without hesitation. He rises early the next day. He hears the call to sacrifice his son as a burnt offering, and he arises early the next day and starts to get prepared. So we see that living in obedience to God is to be prepared for when God calls us. He understands what God is calling him to do. God's calling him to go somewhere to offer an offering of burnt sacrifice to worship God. And Abraham knows how to do these things. He has understanding. If we look at verse 2, we see that he wakes up early in the morning. I'm sorry, verse 3. And he saddles his donkey and two of his servants. He knows where he's going is a long way away. He's being prepared. He takes Isaac with him, the sacrifice. He's going because he knows what he's called to do, and he knows how to worship God. He'll need a sacrifice. He'll need wood for the burnt offering. And so he cuts wood and gets ready to go, and he departs. Faithful obedience requires understanding and preparation. Abraham understands how to worship God. And so when God calls him, he gets up early in the morning without hesitation. He makes his preparations, and he goes. Abraham is going to succeed in what God is calling him to do. He's going with the intention to carry out this sacrifice, to worship God, to be faithful to his God. But it's not only Abraham's preparation that's important here. God has been preparing Abraham as well. God's been preparing Abraham after all these things. This whole time that he's come into the land of Canaan, God has proven to be faithful. Even when Abraham missteps, God is there, faithful, watching over guiding him, strengthening Abraham's faith through successes and through failures, God prepares Abraham for this test. Scripture tells us that God will not let us be tempted beyond our ability, and that goes for our testing as well. He won't test us beyond what we can bear, and he doesn't test Abraham, Abraham beyond what he can bear here as well. Abraham is prepared, and he's prepared through his communion with God, his experience with God, and his trust in God. Our communion with God and our preparation is going to look maybe different from Abraham's. Abraham spends time with God in a different way. He has uh, angels of the Lord coming down and speaking to him. He has visions as God enters into covenants with him. So how do we do that today? What does communion with God look like for us? Well, he's revealed himself in his word. 
Communion with God is reading his word and studying it, understanding who he is, understanding how he has worked throughout the history of his people, understanding that he is faithful, that he is powerful and just and good. That's our communion with God. Our communion with God is coming together today in worship of him, hearing his word preached, singing praises to him, going to our God in prayer. This is our communion with God. Abraham's communion with God and our communion with God may look different, but it's our communion with God that prepares us to live out our faith in obedience to God. It's how we know who he is and how he wants to be worshipped. And so if we are to live out a life in obedience to God, we need to be prepared through communion with him and his word and worship and prayer so that when he calls, we can go, just like Abraham. Abraham is prompt and prepared to fulfill this real test. This is not a rubber stamp of his faith. He walks through this life truly treasuring the blessings of God. He really does love Isaac, his great blessing. How do I know? The same way I know that Jesus loves me, because the Bible tells me so. Look at verse 2. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. The Bible tells me that Isaac is the son that Abraham loves. It's right there in the text. Abraham really loves Isaac. We need to remember that as we read through this story, as God calls Abraham to offer up Isaac as a burnt offering and a sacrifice We need to know that Abraham is not a cold and callous father. He is not careless, but he dearly loves his son. He treasures this blessing of God. That's why this is a real test. Here is the blessing of God. But do you treasure God more? That's the real test here. It's a real test to see what Abraham treasures the most. And that points to where Abraham's faith is. As we understand that Abraham really loves Isaac, we can go and look farther down in verse 7. When Abraham answers, my father, or when Isaac says, my father, and Abraham answers, here I am, my son. This is an answer of a loving father. This is an answer of a father who is concerned with what his son is concerned about. We can see Abraham's love for Isaac in his faithful answer to the question. You see, Isaac knows that worship of God includes a burnt offering. Isaac knows because he's probably participated in this worship with his father. And he sees a problem. He sees the fire. He sees the wood. He sees the knife that Abraham's bringing. But the problem is there's no sacrifice. Remember, Isaac doesn't know that he's the sacrifice. And so in this desire to worship God the way he has been taught, he points it out to his father, there is no 
sacrifice so that we can properly worship God. And this is Abraham's faithful answer. God will provide a lamb. It doesn't look like we're prepared, but we are prepared. God will provide a lamb. Why does this demonstrate his great love for Isaac? What greater love can there be for a father than to live out his faith, to demonstrate that he relies on God right in front of his son? What better example could we set for the children in our congregation, all of us, whether they're our children or not, to live out a life of faith, trusting in Jesus Christ? This fulfills the vows that we all take at every baptism that happens in this sanctuary where we vow to live godly lives, relying on God as an example to all of the children in this covenant community. How do we live out our lives trusting in God? That's why this is a loving answer. That's how we know that Abraham loves Isaac, that he truly treasures this great blessing of God. Part of the test here is what do we treasure more? What does Abraham treasure more? And as we treasure the blessings of God, we see how this can help us. We can treasure and love the blessings of God as they turn our eyes to God, the giver of the blessing, as we turn to him in thanksgiving. As we look around us at this congregation of brothers and sisters, as we look at the many blessings that God has given each and every one of us in our lives, as he's proven his faithfulness, and as we look to these things and we turn to God in thanksgiving, you see how that preserves us from idolatry as we turn from the blessings of God to God himself. Remember, that's the test. Does Abraham treasure Isaac or God more? As we live a life treasuring the blessings of God and turning to God in thanksgiving, that is how God preserves us from idolatry. To look to the blessings and turn to God in thanks. So now we see a life living out faith is living in obedience to God and treasuring the blessings of God. But Abraham doesn't trust in the blessings, but in the promises of God. So we have a transition from treasuring the blessings of God into hoping in the promises of God. Do you see the difference? Treasure the blessings, hope in the promises. Treasure the blessings, hope in the promises. When we hope in the promises of God, we hope in God himself. When we hope in the blessings of God, we hope in something that's created. We hope in something that's part of this creation, and although it is good, it will fail. This creation will fail, and anything that we place our trust in will let us down if it is not God Almighty. And so we trust in God not in the blessings. So trust in God is hoping in his promises. 
And we can see Abraham's hope as we look even as early as he gets up in the morning. He knows what the task is. He knows he's going to sacrifice Isaac, and yet he proceeds quickly. He proceeds promptly. Why? Because he has hope. He hasn't put together these two contradictions that he's to offer Isaac as a sacrifice to kill him. And yet Isaac is going to be the blessing of many nations, that through Isaac, Abraham will become the father of many nations. He doesn't know how these two things go together yet, but he proceeds promptly nonetheless. This is assurance and things hoped for. This is not uh, trusting in in the blessing of God. This is his assurance in the promises of God. Abraham has conviction of things not seen. He doesn't know how these go together, but he knows they're both true. And so he proceeds. We can see hope in the promises of God in verse 5. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. A more wooden translation might be, I and the boy will go over there, and I and the boy will worship, and I and the boy will come again to worship you, or to be with you. I and the boy will go to worship, and I and the boy will come back. Again, we see that he knows he's going to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, and he knows that Isaac is going to bless the nations. He doesn't know how those two are going to come together, but he knows that they're coming back. And the author of Hebrews, again, tells us that Abraham considered that God was able to raise Isaac up from the dead, if that's what it took. So you see how he can proceed with this, hoping in the promise of God and not trusting in the blessing of God. We can see Abraham hoping in God's promise again in verse 9. When they came to the place of the altar which God had told them, as Abraham is building up an altar, as he's laying down the wood, as he binds up Isaac and lays him up on the altar, still hope in the promise of God as he proceeds in obedience. And then as Abraham reaches out his hand, knife in hand, ready to sacrifice Isaac and offer him as a burnt offering, hope in the promise of God. At that terrible moment, even as his hand is about to come down and the angel of the Lord calls him, Abraham, Abraham, hope in the promise of God. Because Abraham hoped in the promise of God, not the blessing itself, Isaac is spared. Isaac is spared. We see a progression from the intention of the heart to action. The intention of Abraham's heart was a faithful intention to do as God said an obedient intention from his heart. And at that point, he passed the test. He didn't need to sacrifice Isaac. God was not looking for sacrifice. 
but mercy, but faithfulness. You see, the intentions of the heart come before the action, and it's at that point that Abraham is proven faithful. We operate in the same way. From intention to action, in the same way our faith is proved from intention to action. Abraham proved he was faithful in his heart through his actions. It's the same for us. Abraham proved what he treasured the most, his relationship with God. That's his faith. Intention comes before action. Verse 14 says, Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. He told Isaac that the Lord would provide a lamb. The Lord provided a ram for the sacrifice. But Abraham did not misspeak. Here at the same mount in Moriah, many years later, the same place where the temple would be built, where sacrifices would be offered to God, here outside the temple, a faithful father would offer up his son. In our story today, our faithful father offers up his son, and the son is spared. But many years later on this mount, outside of the temple, a faithful father would offer up his son, the son of God, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Abraham spoke well when he said God would provide a lamb. And God, a faithful father, offered up his son on the cross as a sacrifice. But that son was not spared. That son died for the forgiveness of our sins so that we might forget, be forgiven, that we might forgo the wrath of God, that he might take it upon himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, that all who would believe in him, who would turn from their sins, would be at peace with God. This Lamb of God who lived a life of faithful obedience, who treasured the blessings of God, turning to God, giving thanks to him at every step of the way, and hoping in the promises of God that by the glory of his Father, he would be raised from the dead after dying on the cross three days later. Proof that our God is faithful. Proof that our God is able to redeem his people. Abraham was looking forward to that hope and the promises of God. We get to look back at those promises fulfilled in Jesus Christ's death that God would send a redeemer for his people. We look back on promises fulfilled and know that God is faithful and now we look to the promise ahead that Jesus Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead and that all who are in Christ are forgiven and will live in the new heavens and the new earth for all eternity, for the glory of God. That is a faithful father.
We see a test today, a test of Abraham's faith. Who do you choose, Abraham? Whose call are you going to answer? Do you treasure God or the blessings of God more? We face that same test, brothers and sisters. Whose call will you answer? Will you answer the call of God? Whose call will you answer? Because there are many blessings in this life that call to us to answer. There are many people in this world who call to us. And where our priority is, who we answer, may tell us where our treasure is. How we live out our life will tell us who we treasure the most. It could be our careers. It could be our bank accounts. It could be our family, our children. All of these good blessings could become idols of our hearts if we turn to them instead of God. As we answer their call first, it could be our children's education. It could be the call of a coach. Do we answer his call first? Or do we answer the call of our God, who has proven again and again to be good, to be faithful, to be loving? As we live out our lives, may we live out a life of faith by the grace of God. May our lives show that we treasure God above all else and answer his call first, living in obedience to God, treasuring the blessings of God, and hoping in his promise to come, all for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord, our God, you have given us no reason to doubt So we pray that you would strengthen our faith and our resolve, that we would answer your call above all else. We know, O Lord, that this is not possible without your grace, without our Savior Jesus Christ and the power of your Spirit. May we walk day by day, step by step, living a life of faith for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Having heard the good news of the gospel, let us rise and profess our faith using the words of the Scots Confession. Brothers and sisters, what do you believe? We confess and allow